welcome to the first ever episode of Maybe It'll Be Okay, a podcast dedicated to interviewing artists to see what it actually takes to make it an entertainment. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and everything in between, and especially how that affects their mental health. I'm your host, Lisa Kushner, and joining me today on this episode is singer-songwriter Jack. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks for having me. Good, how are you? I'm good. I saw that you were at a concert last night. Yeah, I went to see my friend Bryce Vine play. He played at the Wiltern and he was so good. That's like one of my favorite venues in LA. I've never been. I went and I was like, I've never been here. It's so weird. I'm like born and raised in LA and I've Mm -hmm. never been to the Wiltern. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) It's so beautiful. Like so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I don't know if you've been backstage yet. It's nice. It's really nice compared to most green rooms. Nice. Yeah. Well, I have to play there now just so I can figure out what the situation is. <laughs> For sure. So how would you describe yourself? Like, what do you do? What's your style of music for someone who hasn't listened to you yet? Um. Well, so I'm Jack. I grew up listening to like alternative rock, kind of like classic rock 80s music, I guess, um, as well as like Paramore and like that kind of vibe. So that's kind of what I enjoy doing most. Um, I definitely have a very pop sound. I also love doing R&B. So I'm kind of like a melting pot of all these different genres. Like, I think as I grew up, I started listening a lot to like Kehlani and SZA and like Bryson Tiller and people like that. So that's heavily influenced my musical genre as well. But now that like pop punk and all this stuff is coming back, I'm like, oh, maybe my alternative music could like have a life of its own now. So um, I'm releasing a pop R&B EP on my birthday on April 7th, which I'm working really hard on finishing up right now as fast as possible. So exciting. And then after that R&B stuff kind of gets out, I think I'm going to go back to like my roots and do more of like kind of rock stuff. Still pop though. I'm very pop. I can't escape it. (laughs) That's awesome. How did you get your start in music? Like at what point were you like, this is the job that I want to do. This is what I'm going to pursue. I swear. Like, I don't know if this is a cheesy answer, but I can't remember a time I didn't know I wanted to do this as a career. Like when I came out of my mom's stomach, even before (laughs) I could walk, I was like bobbing my head in perfect meter to music and like picked up her guitar super young age like was singing since I came out of the womb (laughs) um so I've always wanted to do music and like I dabbled in acting a little bit when I was younger which like booking commercials and stuff like the money that I would make off of that I would put back into my music so it was nice but yeah I decided to do music full-time around the age of like 18 because I was doing acting and music and like all these different things Mm -hmm. um So I really decided to fully focus on music at like 18 and I quit acting and all that stuff. But yeah, I've always known I wanted to do this. Like since middle school, I was like, sorry, guys, I'm not going to college. I'm (laughs) going to do music. Pray for me. (laughs) That's awesome. I feel like so many people in their 20s are trying to figure everything out and you're just like, I am good to go. (laughs) Yeah, well, I figured out like what I want to do, but then figuring out how to do it is the next is the next step that was actually my next question how what has changed since like you started to now like are your goals different what where you thought you would be did that end up being different definitely oh my god this is like I'm trying to pick and choose what I dive into right now because this is like a long (laughs) ass explanation for that question but well when I was younger my mom managed me and at the time when I was like 13 to like 15, I was definitely like, I want to be like 
Demi Lovato, like Taylor Swift, Selena Go. I wanted to be like that kind of like pop mm-hmm. star. And with that, I was always told came a lot of like sacrifices and like basically just like shutting up and like listening to other people telling me what to do, which I had a very big problem with. So every like deal that I would get was kind of not like what I wanted, (laughs) but um, it's also like the music industry itself has changed a lot. Like back then when I was that age, it was like almost 10 years ago. It was very like label heavy. Like you had to be signed to a label. Mm -hmm. There was a very specific template on like how to make it. And then even from that age on, like Instagram is still a thing, but it wasn't big. And now that Instagram and TikTok are like very big, I feel like being independent as an artist has its own yeah uh, for sure now and it's almost like people don't want to be signed to a label it's weird and labels aren't really like taking their time to develop an artist that doesn't have a following they're kind of only signing people that already are proving themselves and having a big fan base so it's this whole like different ball game now I feel like but definitely like when I was 17 18 I I fired my mom as my manager (laughs) I love you don't want you to manage me anymore, Um, was definitely like rebelling and doing things because I felt like she had too much control over my life. And I found my manager I have now, whose name is Petros. Um, We worked, he was my producer and like we worked just on writing music and producing music together for about three years. And then we decided um, I'll bring him on as a manager. So that's kind of what's happening now. <laughs> Were you his first artist that he's managed or did he I have like clients before? Artist. Oh, yeah. wow. So you had a lot of trust in him. Yeah, I definitely, it's just, I feel like it's rare to come across someone who believes in you so much. And I feel like a lot of people like they'll want to work with you if they can make money off of you. And if you don't, or they're not doing what you want them to, then they'll just like leave you behind. And I feel like with Petros, like he has no like bad intentions and no um like he'll never give up on me and yeah I mean he's definitely like put more money into me than we've made so he's definitely not in it for like the wrong reasons and he and I've been friends for so long at this point and just have a great like musical chemistry like in the Mm -hmm. studio and everything that it's just such a good fit and yeah it's like it works out perfect but I am his first artist, so we're both kind of trying this out together for the first time. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's so awesome. What were like some of the first projects that you worked on when you guys started working together? What was the plan that you guys made back then? Um, back then, it was like the first two sessions we had, we made like six songs. It was like mm-hmm. super crazy. Like it just kind of happened. And some of those songs are actually out now. I had released those songs in the past and then I ended up taking them down just for like reasons because not because they're not good songs. They weren't like mixed that good. And it was just Mm -hmm. kind of like they were demos and I wanted my Spotify to be like more professional, I guess. So um, but the song I released recently called City of Angels, that was like the third song we've ever written together. And we were sitting on it for like two and a half years, just waiting for like the perfect time Mm -hmm. for it to come out. And then I realized like if we keep doing that it's just never going to come out because there's never really a perfect time. And then I feel like the longer time goes by from when you write a song, like the less connected you are to it, or maybe you're in a different place in life. So you don't relate to it anymore. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. I just wanted to get it out before that happened, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think like just over the years, we've made so many songs. I don't even know back then it was like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just very uh, fluid. Mm -hmm. Very fluid. I feel like I learned a lot about myself through those sessions too. 
at what point do you feel like you've you like for the first time you felt like you are an established artist you went from like this is just a hobby and I want to do this to I'm actually doing this and this is my job I feel like that is constantly fluctuating Mm -hmm. (laughs) like even to this day I feel like when I was like 15 I had had like two albums at that point and I was like oh yeah I'm doing this and like I was going (laughs) to auditions and like all my friends were in high school and I was taken out of high school and was just like fully going for my career so at that point I was like oh I could really like do this and then a few years go by and then like insecurities start developing and I kind of was like lost in life and then I was like oh like I'm trying to do this but what's the line between I'm trying to be an artist and I am an artist and then after like a lot of self-work in a few more years like now I'm finally in a place where you just have to own that you are an artist like if you keep questioning it or keep questioning your success it's not going to happen like you can't be putting that negative energy out of there you just have to trust like when it's your time it'll be your time um even was just watching this Modson documentary and like one guy that was interviewed in it, he was like, if you're writing a song and planning on releasing it and you're already thinking about like maybe how it won't work out, you're already mm-hmm. thinking too far in the wrong direction and it's not going to happen. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Like, and you really if- never know. Yeah. You never know. Even like with Lizzo, like her song, I don't even remember what it's called. I don't listen to Lizzo that much, but mm-hmm. her big song that just blew up on the radio was out on Spotify for like five years before mm-hmm. it actually blew up. It's like, you never know, you know? And when it's your time, it's going to be your time. And for some people that's at 18, for some people that's at 28, for others, it's like mid thirties. Yeah, so. exactly. And there's yeah. no rules. Like with the entertainment industry, it's, it's just all over the place. There's no rhyme. It really is. So you just got to go with the flow hope for the best and believe And you got to wait for those trends that connect to you personally, like you were saying before, alt's coming back now. So like, maybe it is the right time to like, release that music that you've been wanting to. Yeah, exactly. That's something that's interesting too, is I feel like with social media, it could get discouraging if there's like a trend happening, but it doesn't really relate to you. But then if you try to like make yourself fit into that box, it's not authentic and it definitely won't work for you, if that makes sense. I feel like most people that have like a big following they're relatable in some way and they're just being their authentic like authentic self there's I feel like if someone's trying too hard or they're being something they're not it's like the subliminal energy that people just kind of pick up on and it's yeah. not it's not the vibe <laughs> no for sure what are some things that like you faced in your career so far that you didn't think you would overcome but you did eventually maybe like finding my sound mm-hmm. I think that it was important for me to learn that the little girl at like 11 years old when I first started writing songs or whatever, that her voice still matters. And at one point I was trying to like prove myself or prove something to myself or trying to be liked and cool or whatever, a certain aesthetic that I got detached from like the original reason I was doing it. And it's easy to get like swept away in this industry. So I feel like at a certain point I was like doing what I thought would sound good and it did sound good, but it wasn't true to me. And it, I was very confused. Um, And I thought that I wouldn't be able to like find my sound or maybe that like the messages in my songs weren't true to me and weren't meaningful. And I'm tapping back into that now, like in the last year. So I think that's something that I'm still overcoming 
but um yeah that's definitely something I've had to like learn and grow from do you think like COVID had anything to do with it like a slowing down as a society looking inwards yes I think I think COVID was a blessing and a curse I think for like the as far as trying to make it as an artist if you're not already successful and don't have like merch being sold and tours and like all Mm -hmm. that stuff um, or just like 10 million monthly listeners on Spotify where you're like making a little bit of money on streams. Mm-hmm. It's harder to break out or it was harder to kind of like move your career forward during COVID because you couldn't play live shows. You couldn't like open for anybody. You couldn't like do like release parties or anything like that. It was all virtual. So you're kind of mm-hmm. confined to like the following you already have. It was harder to like spread out if that makes sense. But it was such a blessing because I feel like a lot of people probably felt like this too, but for me, I really did a lot of self-work. Like I stopped partying as much. Obviously we couldn't. Um, I really got in touch with like myself as a person and my spiritual growth, which can only benefit every aspect of your life. I met the love of my life. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I don't know. I just did a lot, a lot, a lot of self-worth or like self-work and it's helped for sure. So kind of going into that, what do you do to take care of your mental health? Because I think this career is so daunting. Like you get so many rejections. You're not working like a nine to five. Your schedule is super crazy all over the place. So like what, how, how do you take care of yourself? Like what advice would you give to someone who's like looking to get into the industry, but not drown in everything? I think the most important thing is, especially because you don't have a nine to five or like a boss really giving you like a schedule, you have to be really good at keeping yourself busy, like making sure that you have a lot of tasks lined up that are in alignment with where you want to go. And then when you're in your downtime, be in your downtime, like don't like for me, it's hard. I struggle. If I have a day, like, let's say I had a really long week and then I have one day off and I'm like chilling at home. I'll get anxiety or this like voice in my head. That's like, you're not doing enough. Like you should be doing Mm -hmm. something today. You can't relax. And it's like super annoying. Um, And it also makes me have that feeling where it's like, oh, I'm not doing enough. And if you don't see the results you want right away, it's easy to just get stuck in that mentality. So I try to have days if I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing, you know? And also just knowing like, this is something I've learned knowing when you need to put in the extra work and push through and like stay longer at the studio session, like, you know, mingle after the performance more or know when you're tired and know when you're not in a situation that's right for you and be like, you know what, this isn't for me. Like, I'm not going to do my best work tonight. I'm going to go home and sleep and come back at it tomorrow. I think that is something that's really important too. Yeah. I've learned that the hard way a few times. (laughs) So just finding the right balance. Yeah. Just finding the right balance for you. And also like not letting no's necessarily be a rejection. Like whenever it's a rejection, it's redirection. Mm -hmm. That saying has really gotten me through a lot. (laughs) Rejection is redirection. It's like, it just wasn't meant for you and go somewhere that is, that understands you. Do you have like an example of when that's happened to you where like it ended up being a no, but it ended up working out for the best? Yeah, I think there's been like a few situations where like maybe a deal is going to happen and like everyone, there's a lot of people that are all talk as well in the industry. They're like, oh, we know this person and this is my job. I'm like the head of A&R at this label and I can do so much for you. And then Mm -hmm. they're like, send me your songs and we have like three meetings and then they like ghost Mm -hmm. and then there's no response. And I'm like, 
you were just like super into me three days ago. Like, why are you not responding? Um, and stuff like that can maybe like give you some insecurities or get you inside of your head. Just write another song about it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm like, that's the best form of therapy. That's like why I started music in the first place. It's like, mm-hmm. if I have any emotions or any like anything that's weighing on my shoulders, I just write it in my songs and it's like a weight has been lifted off of me mentally and emotionally and it's awesome so better use my job as my own tool right (laughs) what goes into your writing process like is it like that where it's just like you write about different events that are going on in your life currently do you look for something specific for inspiration I it changes all the time if I'm writing songs by myself it's typically because I have to for my like mental health. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, If I'm in a session with other people, it depends. Sometimes I'll be like, I want to write a song about this today and I want it to be this vibe and this genre with this guitar track. And I'm like very specific. Other times, if I don't really have like a specific idea, I'll just kind of let the moment take us where it wants to go. And that's equally as beautiful. And if someone is throwing out some like lyrics and I'm like, oh, that lyric is dope. Like, but it doesn't necessarily relate to me specifically. It's kind of like exercising my acting. It's like, I'll write about stories of like another person and what it feels like to be in their shoes or what it feels like to go through this person's experiences. And that's really fun too. I feel like I could wear every song on like a different outfit. It's like different forms of myself or like things that I've observed happening to others. And it goes back to your, like your acting days and your childhood. Exactly. It yeah. all works out. <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell me about City of Angels? It's such a good track. I'm oh, so in love with it. How thank did you. that ca- uh, come to be? That song. Okay. Well, how explicit are we allowed to get on this? So explicit. Whatever okay. you want. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of cocaine involved, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the time we were writing, it was me and Petros and um, his friend, Joey Knox, who's like co-produced the track with him. He like came in with the track already. And then we kind of added to it. And I started singing like city of angels. And then it ended up getting really depressing. I don't know if it was the cocaine <laughs> or what it was, but yeah. I just, at the time too, I felt like I had a lot of fake friends a lot of people that only wanted to hang out with others if they could like help them get somewhere or if it was like cool to hang out with them. And I just wasn't surrounded really by the right people or people that really cared about me. And it definitely came out in my subconscious. And I was just, I mean, I'm born and raised in LA. So I've seen it all. Like at this point, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really phase me or affect me too deeply as opposed to, I feel like other people that come out here and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe people treat each other like this. Yeah. It's a surprise. I'm like, it's a norm for us. Yeah. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Just brush it off. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that song came to be because I was just talking about like how toxic LA could be. And I was thinking about it from my perspective and other people's perspectives. And yeah, the lyrics are literally like city of angels where all of your dreams fail. None of your friends real in the city of angels. And it's like, I just feel like that's where I was at, at that place in time. And that's another reason too, why I really wanted to release the song and just get it out because now I'm like not in that place at all. I feel like I have the best like group of friends around me. I have like the most amazing boyfriend. I have a great relationship with my family now. And I wasn't, I'm not negative like that about Los Mm -hmm. Angeles anymore. So I'm like, dang, like I need to release this before it's really like so far away from me that I can't relate to it anymore. But then also with music too, I think like, a lot of the reason 
we're writing it, yes, selfishly for us as artists, because we have our messages that we need to express, but then also for it to help other people. So even if I don't super relate to it anymore, like maybe it can help somebody else that's feeling the same way, you know? Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like when it comes to friends, you lean more towards people who aren't in the industry, like for that reason? Or is it the opposite that you want people who understand what you're going through and also are artists and kind of get the vibe? It's funny because I like all of my friends are in the industry in some way or another, whether they are like videographers, cinematographers, directors, or like fashion designers, or like actors or musicians, just like me. And I like it like that because we can relate. And I feel like after years of just kind of feeling out people's intentions and their energy, it's easier for me now to call out bullshit or to see if someone is just like using me or if they're actually my friend. And I think that's the only time it would get dangerous if you're friends with a lot of, because people can be really jealous. They can get catty. Mm -hmm. They can like try to fuck you over. Um, They can use you. Like there's so many things that come along with it, but I feel like I have such a good radar for that now that the people I have around me are just solid homies. And I love that we're all in the industry because we can all relate and like we feed off of each other's energy and can give each other ideas. And like, if I need a music video, I have friends that can film my music video. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like a family and I love that. And it's really nice to have people that feel like family and feel like home that are in the industry that can kind of like have your back in situations. How do you balance having friends that you work with? I know sometimes that could be a little bit difficult. Yeah, I think it just stops. It like doesn't make work feel like work anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's always fun. And like sometimes we aren't working and we can just like go to lunch or like go get coffee, go to a concert or whatever and hang out. But I mean, we all enjoy making music. That's like our first love. So to be able to do it together, it just kind of works out perfect. And then it doesn't ever feel like a drag or feel like, oh, I have to like go to the studio today. I'm like, oh, Petros is there. I get to go to the studio today. I'm like lit, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's it's really fun. And like, I also like working on other people's stuff too. So it's not always like about me. I like co-writing on other people's songs as well. So yeah, I think that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> kind of going into that. I know recently you've been in a couple of music videos, which is so yeah. exciting. Oh my God, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. How was that? Tell us everything about it. That was so fun. It was so fun. I got booked I think originally I was booked for like a background role and I don't know I guess one of the producers probably saw my picture and they're like oh let's bump her up to like the lead um which when I say lead it's not like I'm in it the entire time it's maybe like 10-15 seconds yeah, but yeah. I play like his angry girlfriend I'm like kicking him out of the house mm-hmm. basically and I'm like throwing all of his shit out the window um and like flipping him off um and he runs out of the house naked with like a pizza box covered <laughs> thingy it was really fun to film I feel like he is super cool because on a lot of sets like these there's a lot of like extras and background people and the artist will not really want to hang out with them they'll kind of just like show up on the set when it's time to film and then they'll leave right after Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's because it was like just me and him and the crew or what but he was so fucking nice Mm -hmm. super just like we talked for like hours I think we maybe filmed for like two and a half hours three like tops and he hung out with me the whole time he wasn't like weird like he was just a normal ass guy and yeah it was awesome just like talking to him and 
I've like worked with a lot of people that are kind of around him. Like I've been in multiple like Mod Sun videos and like I just did an Avril Lavigne video and like, yeah. So there's definitely, um, I've kind of been in his circle. Like even my friend from like six years ago was his main photographer. So he was on set and I was like, oh, what's good? Like it was just like a, it felt more like a family vibe there too. It was really fun. I think people don't realize like how small the industry actually is. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's also why you have to be careful like who you piss off because mm-hmm. everyone knows everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. You want to be a really nice person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That person who was an extra could be like a really big star the next day. So like you just, again, you never know. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So I also know that you've been performing recently. You performed at the Whiskey Go-Go. Yes. That was so fun. Tell us everything. Um, That was awesome. I hadn't played there since I was like... 15 mm-hmm. and I went when I was 15 I I didn't have a full set it was like a rock night so there was already like a house band and it's like different artists would come up and like sing cover songs kind of vibe mm-hmm. so I think I sang like a Cindy Lauper song or maybe like I think I sang a Cin- Cindy Lauper song and then like a Miley Cyrus song at the time and then yeah so it's been years since I've been back and it was awesome like so cool sound guy was great the band that I played with, like, I never want to play with anybody else. <laughs> um, it was freaking awesome. Like, the energy from the crowd was better than it's been in a while. And I feel like I actually didn't have as many people come to that show as, like, a few shows that I had prior to that. But the energy from, like, less people was more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was awesome. Like, to every song, everyone was, like, kind of moshing, like, dancing. Like, it was so fun. Um, and I just love that venue and I've seen a lot of people play there. So it felt really cool to see my name, like on the board outside, yeah. <laughs> kind and, of like, like a staircase onto the stage. It was awesome. I loved it. It's like a childhood dream kind of like coming true a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is there any venue in LA that you haven't played yet that you really want to? I really want to play the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, eventually I'd love to play like the Honda Center and Crypt, well, now it's crypto.com center and like the Wiltern. I just went there. I'm like, oh, I'd love to play the Wiltern. Um, the Fonda, like there's so many great places to perform out here. Even like the Roxy. I would love to play the Roxy. Like the Roxy's mm-hmm. dope. I feel like it, it's a very underrated venue. I agree. Like, yeah, I only been to the Roxy once and I was surprised because it was kind of a bigger artist playing. And in my mind, I was like thinking of the Roxy kind of like a whiskey vibe, like, Mm -hmm. like a cool venue to play at definitely, but smaller. And when I got there, it was like a completely open floor. Like you had to definitely pull at least like two to 300 people there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is way bigger than I thought it was. I'm like, why do people not play the Roxy more? Like this shit's sick. It was a really cool layout. I loved it. I've also heard that like Dave Grohl just like is always at the Roxy. I don't know. Really? <laughs> like multiple people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That's so funny. And on the rocks is awesome too. Upstairs. It's not mm-hmm. really like a performance place, but people do sing there <laughs> when we're all drunk at the bar <laughs> playing. People definitely hop on that mic. <laughs> so I'm sure being in pop music, you get compared to other artists all the time. And I was just wondering, like, how do you deal with that? Like, do you try to prove them wrong? Do you just ignore it? I just kind of like brush it off and take it as a compliment. I feel like a lot of people, when they compare you to someone, it's not like ill-mannered. It's not like they're trying to like take your originality away from you or anything. I genuinely feel like it's just like as human beings in general, our brain, I feel like we categorize different things. So 
I don't take it personally. I'll just take, like, put it that way. Like I get compared to Halsey a lot and it's mm-hmm. literally just because I have short hair and I'm like white. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's literally like why I get compared to Halsey because I personally don't see it, but also like Halsey's awesome and she's killing it and she has so many fans. So it's like, that's a, such a compliment to be compared to Halsey. Like it's not like they're trying to like belittle me or anything. So I just take it and I say, thank you. And I try to Um, really feel the intention behind the compliment and not the specific words of what they're saying. I don't try to prove anybody wrong. I feel like that'll just happen naturally as people Mm -hmm. like understand me more as an artist. And yeah, I just let like time tell what's going to happen. I don't really think too hard about it. How about with like misconceptions? Do you ever feel like maybe something that you're putting out, someone will either like take it the wrong way or like see this image? Yeah. All the time. I feel like and I a lot of my friends now actually they're like oh like we would see you on Instagram and we did not think you'd be like this nice. I'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly I had the same reaction to you. Like I remember when I yeah. like, I was taking pics at your concert. You just give off like such a confident vibe and I remember talking <laughs> to you I'm like she's so sweet. Thank you. I feel like I am just me and I am really confident. I think on social media it's okay it's hard because you want to post like hot pictures that are going to get really good engagement and have like the cool like caption that's like oh I'm cool and Mm -hmm. I definitely was doing that for a long time and I still do that sometimes because when I'm feeling confident I'm feeling confident I can't help it but at the same time I feel like a lot of people were making a very like superficial kind of evaluation of me by looking at my social media and like my big new year's resolution or one of my goals is really to show my actual genuine personality more on social media. And I'm still just kind of trying to figure out how to do that, but like, I'm super spiritual and like very, I don't know. I care a lot about like my friends and I just, you don't see any of that on my social media. And I was realizing that, So that's something I'm working hard to kind of change and improve on this year because that is a big misconception. And that does bother me a little because I feel like people think I'm a bitch or they think I'm like just like a Instagram model and like I can't really sing or like, I don't know, all the things that come with that. So yeah, I'm just trying to be my authentic self. (laughs) What was your favorite part about 2021 and what are you looking forward to 2022? Hmm, good question. I like forgot 2021 already. Like what happened? I don't know. Time goes by so quickly. I literally have to like look at my calendar. (laughs) My favorite parts of 2021 were probably all the content that I got. I filmed like multiple music videos and I think I filmed like three music videos. um, And that was just freaking awesome. Like it was, I had a stylist and the whole nine yards and like that has never really happened before. So that I'm really grateful Obviously, like the shows I got to play, I feel like even though COVID was was and still is a thing, um, 2021 started opening up a lot more and I got to play like, I think maybe like five or six shows towards like the end of the year between like November and like January of 2022. So that was really awesome. Um, I'm looking forward this year to releasing my EP. I am happy to have finally like not a full body of work. I'm working on the album, but just to have some sort of body of work to show like my whole personality beginning to end and be able Mm -hmm. to tell a story before I was just posting a bunch of singles um, to show that I was like active and doing music and stuff. But 
it was also kind of all over the place. Like every song was kind of like a different genre. So I'm happy mm-hmm. to have like a consistent piece of work now that I'm putting out. And I think that's like mainly what I'm looking forward to this year. That's like the one thing I have planned in the immediate future. I'm also going to be posting a lot more covers and I want to like release like an acoustic EP as well because I enjoy just like singing just me and my guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to do that as well towards the end of the year. What do you think about out al- like releasing albums? I know a lot of artists are against it nowadays because people don't have like the attention span sometimes to listen to the whole thing. What are your thoughts on that? I think that an album is the best way to get your story out there. It is hard though. Like I've had the same issue. Like I've been wanting to drop an album for so long. And I feel like there's been many points in time in the last few years that I'm like, dang, I definitely have nine songs that could sound really good together, Mm -hmm. but I don't because of the attention span thing. I think that if you don't have a follow a big following already that are like diehards that really want to know your story then it'll kind of just get lost and then it's a lot of time and effort and money and like marketing put into something that may not like go as far as it deserves to Mm -hmm. um an album is like a lot of work and a lot of like vulnerability for a lot of artists um so I definitely understand like the the skepticism on that. I that's why I'm kind of doing an EP because I have a lot of R&B songs where I'm not really going to be doing R&B for much long, like for much longer. So mm-hmm. I want to just get them out there. They all sound good on like together on a body of work. I'm going to put it out and then I'll probably just keep releasing singles and like growing my fan base until it's finally time for me to like release an album. But the same thing with me, like I don't want it to just get released and then go nowhere. I want people to actually listen to it. So I feel like building your fan base is really important before you do that. It's rare that someone will drop an album and then blow up off of an album. Mm-hmm. Maybe an EP, like Billie Eilish blew up off of her EP that she dropped that first one. Well, she blew up off of Ocean Eyes, but then also she dropped an EP that was just awesome. And like, mm-hmm. then she had the leverage to be like, okay, I want to make like four albums. And she was able to, and she got signed and it was like a whole thing. So I kind of view stuff like that as like templates, I guess, but yeah. I mean, everyone's different. So I know a lot of independent artists that like have no following and they're like, I am going to drop two albums this year. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, do it. Like do yeah. your thing, do what makes you happy. It's art, it's music. Like we get to do what we want. We can all be different. There's room for everybody. That's what's awesome about this industry. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to wait on the album for a little bit. <laughs> How would you describe your fans? Like what sets your fans apart from others? Oh, that's such a great question. I feel like, I feel like my fans, like the ones who are actually my fans have been with me since I was like 15. And it's like the same usernames I see commenting and they're so loyal and they'll make like little fan pages and stuff. And that is so cool to me. Mm -hmm. Um, They are the rare ones that I feel like have been with me literally from the beginning and can really gauge my personality because they've seen me through every phase But then I definitely have, I would call them followers, not fans, like the creepy guys that just like, like my shit because like I'm hot. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't know. Um, So it's like definitely a balance of those two. But the fans that have been with me from the beginning, like they're real ones. And like, I'll talk to them over DMs and stuff too. Like it's a great personable relationship and I love them. And it's so cute. They're growing up with you. Like that's so crazy to think about. Yeah, it's crazy. I love that they've seen me through every stage. (laughs) 
That's and awesome. will continue to see me through more stages, I'm sure. Lastly, what advice would you have for someone who wants to be where you are right now in your career? Don't settle for anything less than you deserve. There's a lot of people and opportunities that look like something that they're not. So just prioritize yourself. Um, Don't just jump for like the first opportunity that comes your way because most likely like one opportunity will not be the only opportunity. That's like the main thing I would say. And that even goes into the next thing I'm gonna say, which is to really like protect your energy. If you're an artist, like you need to be able to harness all of your emotions and everything very well. And you need to be able to be like really confident in your own skin and you can't let other people throw you off. So stay focused, don't get distracted with like smoke and mirrors. And like, there's a difference between, I feel like clout and then success. And it's easy to fall into the clout thing and just do what feels like is getting you results in the moment, but not long-term. And yeah, just owning yourself and like not letting other people push you around. Like you're the artist, people, if they wanna manage you or if they wanna sign you, it's for a reason. So don't let them do that and then try to change everything about you. You gotta just believe in yourself. Stay yourself. Yeah. Stay yourself. Yeah. And yourself might change. It's okay to change. You don't have to like be the same thing all the time, but just kind of evaluate when you're making decisions. Is this coming from me or is this coming from other people? I think that's like the main thing because that also not only affects like your career, but it also affects your mental health. I feel like that makes people like really lost or like fall into the wrong crowds or doing stuff that doesn't fulfill them anymore. And then it's like, what's the point? So protecting your energy, protecting your energy. (laughs) that's like the main thing I could say for advice for anyone honestly in any career (laughs) for sure that's really good advice yeah is there anything that you want to promote before you go any any events coming up any songs anything um I would just say April 7th it is my birthday my EP will be dropping there will probably be some sort of performance release party vibe thing happening around that time Um, so if you don't already follow all my social media and my Spotify and you will get many reminders and, um, yeah, just follow along my journey. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to come very shortly. (laughs) Shout out your Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram is Jack the girl because everyone's like Jack. I'm like, yeah, but like the girl, you know, J-A-Q, you guys. J-A-Q, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is so fun.